Good morning, folks. Great to be in church. I'd like you to open your Bibles today to John chapter 17. And I want to look at a couple of verses in this chapter. It's a pretty interesting um, passage of Scripture, John 17. Before we get into it, uh, I'd just like a show of hands. Has anybody here ever said a prayer? Yep. All hands go up. Has anyone here ever had somebody else praying for them at some time? Yes. Do you think that Jesus has ever prayed for you? Yes. Yes. That's good. And we'll find that out as we read through this this, uh, passage. John chapter 17. We'll get to that in a a moment. Has anybody ever heard of a guy called Dwight L. Moody? Right, Moody Bible Institute? Cool. So, a few hours before Moody died, he caught a glimpse of the glory that was awaiting for him. And he woke up from his sleep and he said, Earth recedes and heaven opens before me. If If this is death, it is so sweet. There is no valley here. God is calling me and I must go. His son was standing beside his bedside and he said, No, father, you must be dreaming. Tell him he's dreaming. No, said Mr Moody, I'm not dreaming. I have been within the gates. I have been within the gates. I've seen the children's faces. And a short time elapsed and then following what seemed to be the... uh, A bit of a struggle with death. He spoke again. He said, this is my triumph. This is my coronation day. This is glorious. And I think that's, that's a, a quite, interesting, quite an interesting uh, little story. And I've heard different stories of people that I know. I know one lady... This was when I was a child and um, she was in hospital and she said to uh, uh, my friend who was visiting her, it's time for me to go now. I can see Jesus. He's standing there with his hand outstretched. You know, I've heard stories like that. And I find it very interesting, very interesting indeed. Now, I want to read uh, verses 20 through to 26, through to the end of the chapter. Chapter 17, 20 to 26. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought, so that they may be brought to complete unity when the world will know that you sent me 
and have loved me even as you have loved me. Sorry, has loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you have loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though this world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself will be in them. This is a prayer that Jesus has prayed for each one of us who are believers. The world really failed to see God revealed in Jesus. But a few disciples did. And they believed... A few disciples did. And they believed that God had sent Jesus. On the eve of his crucifixion, there were only a few faithful hearts in the whole of mankind. And even those were about to forsake him. I want to talk a little bit about the preservation of believers. Jesus knew his mission would succeed. He would die and be raised. He would send the Holy Spirit. The apostles would preach. People would be converted and the church would be formed. In this prayer, Jesus, who is the great high priest, was carrying future believers into the holy presence of God. Every believer reading this passage can say, Jesus prayed for me over 2,000 years ago. The prayer was for unity and preservation among believers, but also with the salvation of sinners in view. This verse is a favourite of of, uh, promoters of the present ecumenical movement. But Jesus was not praying for the unity of a single worldwide ecumenical church in which doctrinal heresy would be maintained along with orthodoxy. No, Jesus was praying for a unity of love and obedience to God and his word and a united commitment to his will. There are great differences between uniformity, union and unity. <coughs> Excuse me. But I want to ask you some questions today. What is your goal as a Christian? What is your goal? What's your focus? Are you focused on a single worldwide ecumenical movement? For a unity of love and obedience to God and his word and a united commitment to his will? God, are you focused on, uh, is your goal as a Christian to see God as a personal God and the unity of all believers being 
his heart's desire. Jesus' prayer was that we be with him just as he is with the Father. I think this is a very, very powerful statement that we be with Jesus just as Jesus was with the Father. This means that what the Father has in Christ and what is in Christ is also in us. Think about the power, the signs, the wonders, the faith, the miracles. All of this is in us through Christ. All of this is in us through Christ. And when the Father looks at us, he doesn't see us as sinners, but he sees us as born-again believers. He sees us through Christ. He doesn't see us without Christ. The unity of believers. All believers belong to the one body of Christ. There's a reference there for 1 Corinthians 12, 13. But all believers belong to the one body of Christ and their spiritual unity is to be manifest or manifested in the way that they live. There are rules and regulations. There are behaviour attitudes and, 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 and ways that we should conduct ourselves and live as Christians. This book has it all. It has it all, all the instructions you need for life. The unity of Christ desires for his church is the same kind of unity that the Son has with the Father. And that's a special bond, a special relationship. The Father carried out his works through the Son and the Son always did what pleased the Father. We carry out our works of faith through Christ and the works that we do should always be pleasing to Christ. I know and understand that we live in a sinful environment and sin is all around us and it's always knocking at the door and sometimes we struggle and strain and sometimes we fail. But the great thing about Jesus is we've got the opportunity to repent, to receive forgiveness and to start fresh. And I think that is so good. I wouldn't like to live in the Old Testament times where judgment was there and punishment was swift. I'm glad I live in a time of grace where I can realise my mistakes and I can learn from them and grow in Christ, grow in unity in Christ. This spiritual unity is to be patterned in the church and without union with Jesus and the Father, Christians can do nothing. The goal of our lives, folks, is to do the Father's will. And sometimes people come to me and say, Pastor, can you pray that I would know God's will? And that's a prayer that I'm always very happy to pray, that someone would know what God's will is for their life. I think there's a great uh, blessing in being released into that ministry that God has for you. 
The goal of the unity of believers is with each other and with God. Iron sharpens iron. That the world will believe in the Son's divine mission. In other words, know that you have sent me. And also that the world will sense that God's love for believers is deep. It's a deep love that God has for us. It's so deep, it really, <clears throat> it really amazes me, the depth of love that God has for us. We are the ones that commit sin. And yet, God sent his son that our sin would even be atoned for and that he would shower us, shower us with the blessings with blessings while we're here on the earth. But his love gets even better than that because even though we are sinners and we have committed sin and he forgives us for that sin if we're repentant, then he invites us to go back and to live with him forever and ever in a sin-free environment. It's love. It's a deep love. It's undeserved by us because we're the ones that have committed the wrong. And yet his love is so deep that he'll say, look, it's okay. I've sent my son. Come on. Come back and live with me forever and ever and ever. How is your commitment with God today? Is it deep? Is it intimate? Is it lasting? Be honest with yourself. Be very honest with yourself because let me tell you, God will be honest with you on judgment day. Keep short accounts. Keep short accounts. We need to show commitment to God. Examine your faith and examine your Christian life regularly. Turn back right away if you find yourself drifting away. Come to God daily for forgiveness and cleansing of sins. Seek the Lord with all your heart every day. Stay in the word And keep studying and learning every day. Stay in fellowship with other believers. Christ's love in believers. Jesus' prayer for believers ends with a call to the righteous Father. The Father is right or righteous or a definition of righteous. Righteousness is doing what is right according to God's standard. That's righteousness. And the world is in the wrong. The world does not know you. Jesus has known, revealed and glorified the Father and so should Christians. We should know the Father. We should reveal the Father. We should glorify the Father just 
as Christ did. <clears throat> 1 John 4, 8 tells us that the essence of God is love. <clears throat> the essence of God is love. Jesus made the Father known or made the Father and his love known so that the world by his death and the Father made known his love for the Son by raising him to glory. Let me read that again. Jesus made the Father and his love known to the world by his death and the Father made known his love for the Son by raising him to glory. <clears throat> Jesus purpose in revealing the Father was that Christians would continue to grow in that love, the, that the Father's love for the Son may be in them, and also to enjoy the personal presence of Jesus Christ in their lives, that I myself may be in them. <clears throat> Do you enjoy the personal presence of God in your life? The presence of God is God being in you. <clears throat> Does the fact that God is in you make a difference in your life? Jesus knew his mission. And he knew that his mission would succeed. He knew he would die and be raised. He would not send, sorry, he knew he would send the Holy Spirit. He knew the apostles would preach. He knew people would be converted. And he knew the church would be formed. All believers belong to the one body of Christ. And their spiritual unity is to be shown in the way that they live. <clears throat> Jesus has known, revealed and glorified the Father. So should we. So should we. Participating in sin blocks the power and hinders our relationship, the relationship that we have with God. Let's do away with known sin uh, let's do away with secret sin. It's a lot easier to deal with sin today than it will be to try to deal with it on Judgment Day. Seriously, it could get embarrassing. But if you can have those things dealt with right now, today, or whenever that moment occurs, then it's dealt with once and for all time. Because you know the Lord takes those sins and those things that we repent and he places them between the east, somewhere between the east and the west. And they're not brought up again. It's not like the Maryborough Addy. Okay? <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down. You know? God is good. God is good. We're the one that have the problem with our past sins. Really. We, 
We regurgitate it, you know. We go, oh, gee, I did something really bad in 1992. Oh, no. God doesn't remember that. You've dealt with that. You've repented of that thing. And you've received his forgiveness. That's it. It's done. Don't bring it up again. It's dealt with. I'm going to finish today by praying. It's not my prayer. But this is a prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. But I read this prayer out of the scriptures today. And although it's not my prayer, this prayer comes from my heart to this church. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Father, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and in his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked not only in the present age but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fulfills everything in every way. May God add his blessing to that reading, to that prayer. May it sit well within our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.